Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. FS.com to schedule an appointment today. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and happy Monday. This is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke, and it's currently 5.05 right now. Looking ahead at our show, rolling along until the 6 o'clock hour, we have Bob Bozel talking with someone about taking cow comfort globally and recognizing that dairy is something that happens all across the world and not just here in the U.S. And our own Josh Scramlin is going to be talking with someone from Ben & Jerry's to gain a better understanding of the beginning of that story and how they support the dairy industry. And then at the end of the show, I talk with Karen Gaffer from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau about the reasons that the dairy industry in the state has hope. So stick around for that as well. And as always, we'll have a look at your market numbers and a talk with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck, to see what's going to be happening this week regarding the weather. Be sure to head over to our website, themidwestfarmreport.com, and while there, sign up for your own free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture. This is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke, and we'll be right back after this. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. One of the area's top producers of fresh produce continues to grow. Gums Farms is now hiring for their packing shed and field. These are seasonal, full-time, with potential full-year-round employment. If you have a passion for agriculture and want to learn from a locally-owned and seasoned producer, visit gumsfarmswi.com for an application. Gums Farms is looking for forklift operators and stackers. Find out more. Visit gumzfarmswi.com. Gums Farms. Growing for the future. Here in America's Dairyland, we're a little spoiled because we are so, I don't know if desensitized is the right word, but we're right on the forefront of the dairy industry. And sometimes we forget that the dairy industry is worldwide. It's global. It's not just in Wisconsin. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, Josh Scramlin here. And I'm talking with Scott Schultz up in Eau Claire. And Scott, Bob Bolsold recently talked to somebody that is taking that whole initiative of of the dairy industry being worldwide uh, to the forefront correct? That's right. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn, and Bob did talk with Peter Farngruber of VES Environmental Systems at Chippewa Falls. Peter and VES Environmental Systems was an exhibitor at the World Dairy Expo, and he told Bob about how they're working toward more cow comfort all over the world. Eleven years ago, when we started VES, we had a vision that we wanted to take care of the cow. We've seen there was really no direct understanding on what the how the ventilation strategies were, and it's almost the cow's part of it was forgotten. Over that 11 years, our strategy was always to ventilate around the cows, and we've kind of termed a phrase for it now calling animal-centered environment, and we're creating a, a concept on how to design these barns through what we call the, the dairy boss system. 
Um, this year, we're probably going to be helping farmers in 30-plus countries and around the world. Last week, I came back from Japan, in which I had uh, sat down and had a, a seminar at Hiroshima University. They're building a, a robotic farm, and they've asked us to uh, provide the whole environmental strategy with our new direct drive smart motors. Also, next week, I'm flying to Australia, where one of our best customers that we have in Australia is having their 100th anniversary. And, and we've been working with them for five years now, developing the most state-of-the-art design barns that we could look at. And really excited how we're having incredible influence and in helping for sustainability in some of these countries. We look at emerging markets where they have to feed their people. And uh, VES has been called to help out many of these countries, uh, farmers in these countries, to help ensure that the, uh, the cows are taken care of and that they have a sustainable milk product. Peter, you mentioned Japan, and, and Japan is a, a modern company, technologically advanced. A lot of electronics have come out of Japan that we didn't develop before. But as far as uh, this particular project, what can you offer that the technology that you would think would be in Japan isn't there? We have farmers coming from Japan almost every two, three weeks visiting our farms in the U.S. to see exactly how they can make a real difference. They look at that as they got to compete on the world stage, they've got a large population they need to feed, that they need to modernize what they're doing. And uh, the dairies in Japan, a lot of them have, a, have been grown, built one building on top of another building with no real strategy. The ventilation companies in in Japan don't understand what the cows experience is. At VES, all our designs are scientifically designed with the, the assistance of veterinarians. We, we understand how to, what causes the problem and how to make that difference. And so when we looked at, talked to Hiroshima University, they came and visited some of the farms that we have here in the U.S. They've seen what we're doing and they want to have the most updated ventilation strategies so that they can teach the, the young students of the future. So the barn that they're going to be building is going to be up and running in March. It's going to have our direct drive technology, which is going to create a whole internet, or the whole building is going to be all connected with uh, Wi-Fi and, and the data they can gather. They'll know exactly what's happening, how energy efficient they can be, and how we're going to take care of these cows. You mentioned as many countries as you're in, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, 100 plus degrees many days of the year. You're in places like Russia, where, you know, it can give you, like this part of the world, below zero for a good part of the year. So it's not one side fits all obviously so you've got to you've got to be adaptable as far as the uh, the engineering is concerned yeah uh, basically we've developed a calculator so before we even walk into a specific area we have a really good idea of what challenges they have on farm with weather we pull in approximately 10 years of weather data we organize it into one year and then from there we put our whole strategy in place and so we can calculate how much electricity they'll consume what the temperatures opportunities are that we have to take care of or challenges it could be cold, it could be really hot, it could be dry, it could be humid. And uh, we understand it, under certain circumstances, do we need to be more aggressive with the air over the cows or less, or can we be less depending on what the climates that they're having or the altitude that they're looking to build these farms on. And I know the technology is where you guys work, but still being with all these companies, or countries rather, how many government officials, I mean, when you work in China, a communist country, you work in, you know, the 
Cotter, some of these uh, Amirs are running things. Is that a challenge for you? You know, at the end of the day, if you look at the government side of things, they're looking to feed their people. They're looking at food security, food safety. And if they have companies like ourselves that are just totally focused on ensuring that their farmers are going to be successful so they can provide the best quality milk or milk products to their people, they are excited. They want the highest technologies. They're dem- and they're excited when a company like ourselves can come in and truly make a, no- a notable difference. Where do you see emerging dairy markets with the technology where we're going to see increases in the dairy industry, the traditional dairy cows without milking camels and water buffaloes and things like that? You know, I think uh, as you look at emerging countries, so emerging countries mean that the countries that are starting to develop, a lot of these countries now are developing. They're creating a middle class. And as that middle class develops, the, the demand of having one cow per far- household disappears to having a sustainable milk product. So we can look at Indonesia, we can go to Vietnam, we can go to Thailand, we can go into Cambodia, we can go into Malaysia. All these countries are merging to extent, and, and the, the, what they're installing is large companies are building these dairies for their people, and they're looking to do it right. And so they uh, working with these companies, we're not trying to put systems in that are going to be back them up 30 years on what the design should be. We're putting the most automated systems that we can, so we can help them. We can monitor it with them also. We, we do a lot of monitoring services where we can continually update what's happening on their farms if we see things that, that can be improved. As you look at the dairy farms, of course, we focus on the dairy cows. That's obviously the money maker. But you talk about the all-cow environment. Does that start with the calves, start with the heifers, so that we're taking care of them environmentally? So when they get to that stage of being a cow, they've, they've had the proper handling and proper housing. 100%. We look at it right from the cow when she's pregnant, making sure that she's taken care of because she is. we don't want to see her in any stress. And then when she delivers that baby, she's providing a, a healthy, strong calf to the world. And then we want to take care of that calf all the way through her life cycle. It's incre- We can't forget, we have to look after every part of her life cycle and making sure that she's going to be successful and she's going to be sustainable. We also look, when we're doing our strategies, is for the people working in these farms. That, that we're providing them great, good quality fresh air and a, a great environment to work in too. So we, we don't want an environment that's toxic for the employees. So we look at both employees and for the animals. As you look at the, the whole herd environment, how much do you work with, say, the nutritionist uh, and other things, make recommendations on bedding depending on where you're at in the world? How much of an all-farm program do you put together? Yeah, we have veterinarians on staff, so they've trained our sales team to understand more than just the ventilation, understand how the building should be looking, and and if we can give advice where we can, we we do. If not, we will employ one of our uh, veterinarians to also help our customers. Uh, We are working hand-in-hand with nutritionists, veterinarians, and other industry people to make sure that the environments that are being created, or what they're doing, or help them in any way we can to create the, the ideal environment for our cows. As you look around the world. Where is the dairy industry 
really growing. Traditional U.S., Europe, places like that. But where really are we seeing some big growth? I think we're seeing growth where we see a lot of cows outside. Or, or we see growth where we see very small farms that, and when I say small farms, two or three cows per household that now become a larger scale. Emerging markets is always an area where we see growth. We can see in China itself is, is an emerging market still where they have a huge population that want a safe and sustainable food supply. So Asia has always been a strong market for us as we grow, grew. And then looking into the Middle East, we've we've seen some areas that have been like cutters has been an area which they have a population that's never grown anything in their life and they've always basically imported everything. And now they want to be self-sufficient. They don't want to be controlled by other countries and what they could bring in for their people. And we worked with a dairy there that from starting at zero to where they are now, they actually have surplus milk that they're producing that they can now start exporting. What about places like Africa? You see some horrendous pictures of people that uh, just don't have enough to eat. Is there a, a movement to put some of these dairies in a, Africa so we can give these people what they need? There is. Uh, I think Africa is going to be, if you look at the future, Africa is going to be one of these larger opportunity countries that, that we will be focusing on. I think we've got to look at stable power supplies or different ways to provide power, maybe with solar panels or something like that so they can have stability in that side of things. No, Africa is an area that we will be focusing on. Even look at Pakistan, India, our, our marketplaces that we could see huge growth and opportunities that they're countries that have, are demanding milk and they like the, the cow. But it all starts in North America. It all starts right here in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Thank you, Peter. Peter Farngrove, again, one of the principals at VES Environmental Solutions, a world company headquartered in Wisconsin, Chippewa Falls. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Cooperative, powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the community with two Senex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. Visit us on Pleasant View Road or University Avenue in Middleton or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative, your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center in Middleton and check out our expanded selection of rental equipment, aerators, stump grinders, edgers, and much, much more for your lawn and home fall projects. Check out our rentals on our website, middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative, your cooperative. It's open house time here at the Princeton Clubs. Hi, this is Dave Gary, and I'd like to personally invite you to our open house, taking place this month at all our Princeton Club locations. We all know that exercise improves the quality of our life and makes a big impact on how we feel. Listen to Michelle's recent experience. I came to Princeton Club actually to kind of find myself again, get my body back after having two kids. It was a struggle to find motivation to come because I was very self-conscious. I would just tell myself, I'm only going to stay 10 minutes. And then I realized before I knew it, the class was done, and I felt better than I had ever felt 
in so long. I'm here to prolong my life, to be happier. I'm happier when I'm fit. It's time to find your fit and write your success story. Get access to all our world-class facilities, try a class, swim in our pools, or just relax in the spa. Come on in. Go ahead. Get started today. Our open house event is going on now. To hear the rest of Michelle's story, go to PrincetonClub.net. Her barn doors are always open. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and happy Monday. It is currently 520 and we are live via Skype with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And Stu, I see there's maybe a chance for some rain today. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Keep keep fishing because there's going to be rain. Well, come on, Stu. That's we... not what we wanted to hear. Uh, I know, I know. There's been a lot of work done in my neighborhood. I know some of my neighbors are done with corn silage now. Luckily, got it squeezed out of the mud and the slop. And But, you know, there's still a lot of work needs to be done. Unfortunately, the forecast really does look like rain is going to move on in. The radar just showing some of the activity, just edging toward La Crosse, way in far southwest Wisconsin. Just a little light rain there. There's rain further north, Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee, that area. So the activity is trying to edge in. Low pressure is moving east and northeast from southern, from northern Nebraska, southern South Dakota, expected to head north up through Minnesota, even just grazing northwest Wisconsin on its way to Ontario, Canada. It'll be in Canada tomorrow. Tomorrow. But as it moves north and east and through the area, we have to expect rain today, showers and possibly even thunderstorms developing. More likely we talk about rain this afternoon and into the evening hours. I'd rather not say it. Rain amounts in that uh, half to three quarters of an inch range. Looks to be pretty easy to see. Uh, La Crosse and Boston could be in line for up to an inch or more. Heavier rain will fall in Minnesota. It should stay, the real heavy activity should stay off to our west. But nonetheless, we're going to get wet. It gets cooler as this happens. And those temperatures fall back to a cooler than normal level right through Tuesday, Wednesday, right toward the end of the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the pork industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Pork Month in October. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. One of the area's top producers of fresh produce continues to grow. Gums Farms is now hiring for their packing shed and field. These are seasonal, full-time, with potential full-year-round employment. If you have a passion for agriculture and want to learn from a locally-owned and seasoned producer, visit gumsfarmswi.com for an application. Gums Farms is looking for forklift operators and stackers. Find out more. Visit gumsfarmswi.com. Gums Farms. Growing for the future. And we are back on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And Stu, you were talking about how people were getting corn silage squeaked out. My dad has been doing some custom cropping. And he said, if you're if you're the one pulling the trailer, you don't stop in the field. 
No, no, no. You can't stop right now. You got to keep on moving. And unfortunately, if you're trying to get something done today, might be the day we all have to stop because rain is moving in. Cloudy, breezy today. The winds will pick up and then showers and even thunderstorms develop. It'll happen this morning at La Crosse and Mauston, toward midday at Madison, and then in the afternoon further east. Showers, thunderstorms, rain amounts in the half to three-quarters of an inch range expected. Oh, we still head toward the mid-60s. East and south winds 8 to 18, gusting closer to 40. Still cloudy, breezy overnight, a few scattered showers. Down to the mid-40s, southwest winds 5 to 15, gusting to 35. Cloudy, windy tomorrow. A few scattered showers could linger. The high 48, west winds 5 to 15, still gusts near 40. Partly sunny finally Wednesday, but even then a slight chance of an afternoon shower. Only around 50 or so with the west winds at 5 to 15. Windy and chilly feeling, Reba, and unfortunately with the rain, we're probably going to be pretty wet come this time tomorrow. Well, unfortunately, that's not what we wanted to hear, but we know you don't control the weather, Stu. Oh, I, I do what I can, but I can't control it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stu, and we'll check in with you tomorrow. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Well, that was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck live over Skype talking about how things are probably going to be pretty rainy today and then kind of cool and breezy throughout the rest, uh, till Wednesday at least. That's the updates he gave us. You can be sure to follow us online at themidwestfarmreport.com. And while there, sign up for your own free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. So I am the proud owner of two little Sheltie dogs, and thank goodness I know my buddies at Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street, Sun Prairie. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here to explain. So I love my little dogs, but they are literally fur factories. They have gotten fur in every corner of my Zimbrick Suburban. So what I didn't realize, Zimbrick Chevrolet in Sun Prairie basically has an auto spa. They can clean every inch of the interior and exterior of your ride, make it look like new. That same smell, that beautiful look that you had the first day you drove it off the lot. And listen, I don't have time for all that bucket and hose business. Plus, Zimbrick Chevrolet just does it better. Why don't you take a look at the auto spa and what they can do to dress up your ride. Maybe you've got a wedding, a graduation, something special coming up, and it's appropriate. Give them a call. Check in today. Zimbrick Chevrolet, my friends, right there on Main Street, Sun Prairie. And do be sure to tell them the farm babe sent you. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Madison Area Crime Stoppers needs your help. 
We are seeing an increase in burglaries, theft from autos, and vehicle thefts all around Dane County. The burglary trends include items taken from open garages while people are working in the yard or inside the house, homes being entered through an unlocked door while residents are home or away, home video cameras show suspects checking common locations in which keys are placed like top of door frames, under rocks, or doormats, entry into underground parking facilities to target cars or storage units. The theft from auto trends include unlocked vehicles being rifled through and items taken, locked vehicles having car windows smashed out to take items of value that are in plain view. The vehicle theft trends include vehicles are stolen when keys are left inside the car. When entry is made to the home, the burglars take keys and steal the car. Consider locking up to prevent these crimes of opportunity and look out for your neighbors. And remember, if you see activity that seems suspicious, report your observations to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. If the incidents are occurring now, call 911. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. So, Monte, in between study and whatnot, you've been, obviously been keeping up with the Badgers, right? What do you think of the season so far? Absolutely. You know I'm not missing the game, man. <clears throat> you must definitely know I'm not missing the game, but uh, our Badgers are looking good, man. Uh, obviously, that defense is looking unstoppable. I'm trying to sit here and think of a nickname right now. I know Chris Ork. <laughs> The goose egg gang, right? Yeah, the goose. So I, I came up with Leonard's laser beams, and everyone's making fun of me, Monte. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, man, it's 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 looking like it's going to be a very exciting year. Um, I'm definitely stoked about this team. Yeah, so tell us about. Well, I mean, you know, as a running back that had a lot of success, obviously. What's your take <laughs> on Jonathan Taylor and the Heisman chase this year, man? I'm telling you this, man. I, I actually had somebody ask me yesterday. He said. <laughs> Rank the top three best Badger running backs. And I actually, you know, obviously you got Ron Day, of course, and I put Jonathan Taylor right after. Uh, I, I truly believe he's, he, he's, he's, he's chasing greatness, man. He most definitely is. And as for the Heisman chase, uh, 
that thing is so political. Yeah, like what goes all into it? So I'm glad you exactly. said that. Cause, so, Monte, help me out because you're a Heisman finalist. You said, And by the way, well done. You texted me on Saturday. It's confirmed. You do have 40 touchdowns. Anyone who said 39, your Heisman year is full of crap. You had Ooh. 40 touchdowns. You're a finalist. Melvin Gordon has the second greatest season in the history of a running back and gets yeah. second. So we're trying to put – what does JT have to do this year? Look at what you accomplished and what Melvin accomplished. What does Jonathan Taylor have to do in, in <clears throat> retrospect what you guys did? I'm honestly not even I, – I, I don't even know, man, because, yeah, 40 touchdowns and Melvin the second greatest ever. It's like I think JT's got to have to, you know, rush for like 600 yards next game um, and put up like 25 more touchdowns, I think, because the – Award goes to quarterbacks every single time, and it's kind of frustrating to a lot of running backs and, and former running backs as well because, you know, we put in a lot of work too. And the award states it goes to the best player, the best team, correct? Yep, yeah. Right now it's looking like the Badgers are the best team, in my opinion. Yep. And, and John Taylor is looking like the best player in the country. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, see, the thing is, Monte, you're making way too much sense. And, like, you know, the year, the, you know, like Robert Griffin the third, nice season, but it wasn't a record-setting season. Uh, Marcus Mariota, a nice season, wasn't a record-setting season. I mean, I look at to be the best player, like, do you do something that you've never seen before? I thought what you and Melvin did, we had never seen before, and potentially Jonathan Taylor's going to have a season that we've that's never seen saying. before. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I, I truly believe we are seeing right now Jonathan Taylor do things that no one has ever done before, and, I mean, we're only, what, five, six games in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, come on now. It's like this guy's got – <laughs> about four to five more games left, and it's like he's most definitely going to shatter records, continue to take this team to where this team needs to get to, and I truly believe this is the year we're going to win the Big Ten Championship game too. Uh, visiting with former Badger great Monte Ball, and you, now you get to that, uh, Monte, and, and that's you know hopefully competing for the Big Ten and maybe college football playoff. I mean, mm-hmm. Illinois this week, we'll just, you know, that that's like when you, when you simulate a game right. on Madden because you know you're going to get ah. to the next week. So we're going to simulate the Illinois win. <laughs> Let's move ahead to Ohio State. You know, how big is that game? And if, if, if you were a part of this team, you know, what's the mindset going on? Because you know, right, you go into Columbus and win next week, it's now college football playoff or bust. Absolutely. I just had this conversation last night, and I said, uh, we go in and beat Ohio State at in Columbus. I'm telling you this right now. This team should jump up to, like, number two in the rankings, and I know most definitely that will give us, you know, the firepower that we need to fight for the playoff spot, absolutely. And I'm, I'm guessing we'll meet Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship game, beat them there again, too, and take off from there. But I'm most definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, this weekend against Illinois, like you said, simulation game, uh, kind of just work out the Kings, get our <laughs> get our second and third string ready to go. But, um Against Ohio State, man, I'm going to be glued to the television. Well, Monte, when, when there's a big game like Ohio State coming up, but then you have a cupcake in Illinois where your Badgers are favored by 30 plus points. Exactly. What what goes through the minds of you know the locker room knowing that Ohio State game is looming? Is there a look ahead, or is it everyone's focused on Illinois? Well, you still got to be focused on you still got to be focused on Illinois. Um, you still got to you know, obviously give respect to that you're going to play, but. Uh, Obviously, yeah, being favored by 30 points, we obviously are expecting to win, but you still go in, do what you're supposed to do, and get out healthy. That's the most important thing. Get out healthy. Yeah. Get the players out healthy. Um, keep the uh, starters, again, healthy. Keep the second string ready to go, third string ready to go, because we're going to need every single player to come off stage. Let me ask you about, that, uh, let me ask you about that Ohio State game. What do you think of 11 o'clock kickoff? <laughs> I do not like that, man. 
This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and welcome back. It is 535 and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke. And now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. By now, you probably already know the story of Ben and Jerry. Back in 1978, two childhood friends from New York decided to renovate an old gas station in Burlington, Vermont, add chocolate chunks to their product, and well, the rest is history. Now, Ben and Jerry's has always been a company that cares about causes. And as it turns out, one of the causes the ice cream maker cares about the most is farming. To explain just how much Ben & Jerry's cares about farming, I spoke with... Cheryl Pinto, Global Values at Sourcing Manager for Ben & Jerry's. Okay. Cheryl, explain to me what Ben & Jerry's Dairy Advisory Council for Sustainability Support is. Yeah, it's our Dairy Advisory Council. We couldn't come up with a a hipper, cooler name, Mm -hmm. but it actually does clearly say what its intent is, which is to give us advice, insight, uh, help us with the inside track on some of these areas. So it's a multi-stakeholder, cross functional circle Mm -hmm. that spans uh, animal welfare, regenerative agriculture. We're looking at bringing in some support from dairy economics, some more support on farm worker labor pieces. Mm It's, a, it's hopefully going to be a growing circle, but we started with a core group, just again with proximity to Vermont. And the idea is that as we evolve our dairy roadmap and try to really pull together a strategy to realize our vision for dairy, this council will be able to kick the tires on and challenge us and push us harder because sometimes you get very comfortable thinking that <laughs> right. you're already leading. Uh-huh. And, and it's always good to continue to lean in. I was just reading an article online and it said thriving, dignified livelihoods for farmers and farm workers, as well as exceptional animal welfare standards for cows. So how much do you think what is happening on your farms relates to the overall success of Ben and Jerry's? Oh, it's completely, completely connected. Uh, We really believe that the farms and our farmers, the farm workers... All of the activity that happens on the farm is the foundation for our ice cream mm-hmm. because that's where your ingredients come from. And to have really wonderful, delicious ice cream that you can indulge in with a good conscience mm-hmm. uh, means that you have all those wonderful practices happening on the farm which lead to that thriving livelihood aspect. It, it's about progressive animal welfare. It's about really treating the farm as an ecosystem that's contributing and uh, having a positive impact on the environment, all that translates into the dairy that goes into our ice cream. And going off of that, biological diversity, how exactly do you plan on holding yourselves accountable or having other entities hold you accountable for what you say you're going to do? Yeah, the the biodiversity is an interesting piece because you've got it above and below ground. And that's a shift in thinking that's happening because often you would think about megaflora, megafauna, you know, really big things, or birds, um, pollinators, things like that. That's definitely a key piece, but the biodiversity below the ground is also incredibly critical, and now we're actually talking about microbes and earthworms, that whole idea that this web beneath the soil is actually the vital element that grows and and provides the diversity you need to have healthy soil. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at a variety of standards that will address above and below ground. There's um, a lot of work in different spaces, whether it's World Wildlife or Rainforest Alliance, different things like that. Uh, And then below ground, there are new standards that are emerging that deal with soil carbon sequestration that, again, look at some of the diversity, biological, organic matter, um, to actually help act as a proxy Mm -hmm. for the carbon. So we have a lot of different options, and we haven't actually clarified the standards yet, but Mm -hmm. that's where the council will come in. Uh, What's really critical and, and 
and is really staring at us is that you really need to have a living root system consistently in the soil mm-hmm. and to recognize that soil is not just a substrate. It is a biological entity in itself with this interconnected web mm-hmm. above and below. Mm-hmm. So we're excited. It's very cool work. And then to just kind of start to wrap up, could you maybe give me an overview of why Ben and Jerry's would consider themselves so socially responsible? I mean, certainly more socially responsible than most companies, it seems. Yeah, I think we feel like we have this commitment, and we do, towards all who touch our ingredients. Because, again, it translates into what you're enjoying as ice cream. Mm -hmm. And so that socially responsible piece of it ties directly to our social mission, which looks at diversity, equity, inclusion. Those are really key pieces that we live by. And it's not just about the activism where you can see us really supporting LGBTQ rights or, or racial inclusion. It's also about the livelihoods and the diversity of of all the people that touch the ingredients and supporting that fairness and linked prosperity. So again, we don't really want to see things polarized. We want to see everybody fairly enjoying the compensation for the contribution that they make to our ice cream. And this this crosses farmers, farm workers, candy makers, bakers, Mm -hmm. everybody along that value chain. We've been really fortunate uh, to have wonderful relationships that go back decades with some of our suppliers. And my work as Values That Sourcing lead is to really support and enrich those programs because we really do believe that our ingredients do not only taste good, they have to do good. Mm-hmm. And that's actually our differentiator. When you actually indulge in a pint of Ben & Jerry's ice cream, this is not, oh, we're going to make a donation. You are enjoying the work of all those people who are benefiting in that ice cream. Again, that was Cheryl Pinto from Ben & Jerry's. And as you can see, even an iconic brand such as Ben & Jerry's all the way up in Burlington, Vermont, is keeping a watchful eye on Wisconsin dairy. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Okay, we're getting ready to put one set of equipment away, bring the other one out. Are they both healthy? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City. You know where they are, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. And that's a good thing, because this is the time of the year when we're getting ready to put the lawnmowers away, bring out all the snow equipment, right? Are they both healthy? The reason I ask is because McFarland's can take care of both when it comes to maintenance. It's not too early to think about your snowblower, a tune-up, a new battery, maybe a starter, whatever you need. It sounds like another polar vortex coming. Be prepared. Okay, so you're putting the lawnmower away. It did its job this year, but are you starting to notice things? When's the last time the oil was changed or the belts were replaced? See, McFarland's can take care of both those machines all under one roof. So whether it's one more round of lawn mowing or whether you want to be ready for the first snow, check in with my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. And we are back with a look at those opening market numbers. Cash corn prices are going to be at three ninety, which is down a penny, with March 2020 corn down half a cent at four oh two and a quarter. Cash bean prices are up three and three quarter cents at nine thirty seven and three quarters, with January 2020 beans up four cents at nine fifty one and a half. Wheat prices are currently down three and a quarter cent at five twenty nine, with July 2020 wheat at five forty and a half down three three and a half cents. And looking at cattle prices, live cattle are at one thirteen sixty two and a half, which is down seventy five cents, with feeder cattle at one forty two eighty five, down one forty seven and a half. Double A butter prices were down three at two eleven and a half, with block cheese down three and a half cents at one ninety six and three quarters, and barrel cheese holding steady at two dollars. And in milk contracts, November milk is at eighteen fifty six, with December milk at eighteen dollars even. And looking ahead into twenty twenty, January milk prices are at seventeen. 
1828. That's been a look at your opening market numbers. Be sure to follow us online at themidwestfarmreport.com. And while there, sign up for your own free fabulous farm baby bib. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture. And we also want to thank Rural Mutual Insurance, where premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong as they once again support our Salute to Farmers program. We'll be back after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com Thank you to everybody that made it to our free travel show. It looks like you want to join me in Panama and Costa Rica to kick off the new calendar year. Pam Yankee here. Our next farm adventure, January 4th through the 13th, we're visiting Costa Rica and Panama. We want to come along. We've got a brand new tool for you to be able to learn more about the trip. All you need to do is jump online, holidayvacations.com, enter keyword Pam, and they've got special online video presentations to show you some of the sites that we'll be enjoying on the trip. And that includes, of course, Doka Coffee. We'll visit Corso Dairy and learn a little bit about agriculture in Costa Rica. There's Arnal Volcano National Park, Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on to Panama, where we'll not only enjoy a full transit on the Panama Canal, but we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population that still make that region their home. Call Holiday Vacations toll-free, 800-826-2266, and join me on this Costa Rica-Panama trip. When it comes to the dairy industry, there's plenty to be talking about. Karen Geffert, who's the executive director of government relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, shared some of what's going on in the state, especially regarding the dairy industry. Well, we definitely have not had a shortage of topics that we have had to address. Um, we've definitely had a, a busy nine to ten months um, and have dealt with everything from hemp legislation to uh, trying to get a budget passed here in the state, uh, dealing with livestock siting regulations, and now we have some water quality uh, scope statement from the DNR. So we are definitely being put to the test. That's for sure. And with how things have been going in the agriculture industry, tepid optimism is something that's slowly been getting tossed around as feelings about the future of the dairy industry. And Karen shared that's what she's heard from members and within the government as well. You know, dairy farmers are eternal optimists, which is a wonderful group of people to work for. So when when things are tough, there is always 
always just this look to the future of, but there's got to be brighter days ahead. And um, we heard from Secretary Vilsack about some reasons why there's opportunities to be uh, excited. Um, that doesn't mean that things are great for all farmers, dairy farmers right now, um, but there is this look to the future that there are opportunities out there, and they might not be short-term fixes. They may be, as the Secretary said, very long-term, long-game strategy uh, pieces that need to be put in place so that our farmers can be successful in the future. Um, and, you know, dairy farmers are really good at looking to the here and now, but some of them are also really good at looking to the future when they talk about, you know, what does their farm need to look like in the next 5, 10, 20 years uh, to bring on the next generation or to grow to be, um, you know, have the latest technologies. So that's not anything that's new to dairy farmers, so that's really great. Um, so I think there are opportunities that, that the Secretary mentioned where we really can have some opportunities for dairy farmers in this country to be very successful in no matter the size of those dairy farmers or how they choose to farm. Um, there is room in the marketplace for all of them. Yes, and you bring up those opportunities that Secretary Vilsack brought up, and I think a lot of them were kind of the expected. There was China, USMCA, everything that's been moving forward with Japan, but there were also some that I think maybe caught some people off guard, like Indonesia. How is what? Are, what were your reactions to the potential to really push into Indonesia? You know, I think we have to look at where the where we're going to see a growth in the middle class, and we're going we're to see population growth. So those two things come hand in hand. Um, as the population grows and the middle class increases, they want additional protein. So Indonesia is um, maybe not the likely thought for most people, but it is one of those growing areas where they are going to see an increase in the, the income that the middle class has, and they're going to want to buy protein. And so what better opportunity for Wisconsin dairy to get in there and to get a foot in the door right now and to establish themselves so that when that middle class grows, they already have a footprint and they can just grow. That's a really great point. I think another area that kind of people have been looking to within that growth or just general growth of the dairy footprint, and particularly Wisconsin dairy footprint, is kind of most of Asia. And so they are going to be opening a dairy excellence center. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Uh, well, that's the first time I've heard about that. I haven't been following that very closely, but I thought what a great opportunity for uh, consumers in another country to really learn about what we do specifically in Wisconsin in America in dairy farming. Um, we have such a large percentage of the population here in the U.S. who doesn't understand how a modern dairy farm works. So I can only imagine how foreign it is for consumers in foreign countries to really understand what dairy farmers here in Wisconsin and in the United States are doing. So just like our Farm Discovery Center that we have up in northeast Wisconsin, um, you know, I just kind of thought there's got to be some pretty interesting parallels between what we have here and what we're trying to showcase uh, about Wisconsin Wisconsin agriculture to not only our own consumers here in Wisconsin, but other um, visitors who come in for tourism purposes in the state. So I kind of hope that, that 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 innovation center is very much geared toward um, that discovery center and how wonderful and interactive that will be for consumers in other countries to learn about Wisconsin dairy. And I think one of the interesting things Secretary Vilsack had brought up about that was the fact that they kind of want to focus on sustainability within the dairy sector. 
I think a lot of people sometimes go sustainability and dairy, hmm. or at least people outside the industry do. Tell me about that kind of interaction and how that makes you feel as someone who recognizes the work that dairy farmers have been putting into that. You know, that's that's a great um, a great topic to touch on because right now we're dealing with that with the, the livestock sighting rule that's coming through DATCAP and the water quality issue that's happening right now with DNR and the new scope statement that the DNR board has just discussed and is going to be putting out for hearing. There are so many things that dairy farmers and farmers in general across Wisconsin do already in the name of conservation and sustainability that so many people don't understand or just don't know about because they are removed from the farm and they don't understand the um, the modern practices that farmers are taking in order to uh, conserve soil loss and put the right nutrients on the field at the right time for the crop that they have. Um, and, and so all they hear a lot is the, the negative stories about something that, um, you know, an incident that happened with a farmer. Uh, and that's all that sticks in their mind. And they don't see the bigger picture of, in general, so much of the uh, farming community cares about the land that they farm, the water that runs under their their farm, um, the water that, that they feed to their animals and their family. They care so much. So I think sustainability is something that Wisconsinites care about. I think it's something that our consumers across the globe care about. And obviously, uh, if they're going to highlight sustainability in this innovation center, that is something that we definitely have to tell Dairy's story and how great of a job we really are doing in the dairy industry in Wisconsin. And did it shock you at all to hear that throughout the entire world, U.S. and is the one of the only dairy industries that has actually lowered their carbon footprint? That's a pretty shocking statement, um, but I'm not surprised. We have... Uh, we have done, we provide the safest, most um, effective, uh, most abundant food source in the entire country, in the entire world, excuse me. Um, so does it surprise me that we've reduced our, lower, our carbon footprint? No. Our farmers are always looking for ways to innovate and do things better. And so it's not a, it's not a surprise that, that our dairy industry has done that. Um, and what a testament to them of, of how much they care about what they're doing, um, their farm and and their future. Kind of a bit more of an off-tangent regarding African swine fever. That came up talking about dairy exports using whey to help, especially China, help regrow their swine herds. Has that is that something that's kind of regularly been floating through at the dairy industry? How do we branch out into other aspects of the agriculture industry to improve what we have already? Um, so it is really interesting that, that the whey was uh, an, an, a commodity that was not included in the retaliatory tariffs in the most recent round from China. Um, so it is an opportunity that we can look at uh, for the for a you know a model for the dairy industry. Um, we we produce a lot of cheese in Wisconsin and that's fantastic. But one of the things that our dairy farmers have been asking for is product innovation. Um, what do consumers want? Uh, what product is it and how do they want it? What what type of packaging? And then where do they buy it? Um, so that's not only um, a new product but how can we make non-food products out of dairy. We know that there are opportunities out there. We So the dairy hub that our state legislature um, and the governor has, has passed, um, has just passed the Joint Finance 
committee. And so that's hopefully an area that will be one of the areas that the Dairy Hub will be looking at is some product innovation in order to find some non-food products for dairy. And uh, what a what a great opportunity and future that that might hold for the dairy industry in Wisconsin. And lastly, Karen noted that the optimism within farming is what really helps keep driving it forward. We started this interview with the, the future is somewhat optimistic, and I think that dairy farmers are, again, the eternal optimists. There are opportunities for trade out there. Um, we have to make sure that we look at that in the long game. Um, what is the what is the 20-year plan for Wisconsin's dairy industry? And the governor's Dairy 2.0 task force laid out some of those priorities for how our dairy industry is going to continue to be successful long-term. Um, and I think we need to continue to implement those, those recommendations because I think that's going to put Wisconsin dairy industry in a really great place. That was Karen Geffert, the Executive Director of Government Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, sharing why the dairy industry has hope and optimism despite facing so many difficult times. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is 